championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live post-game show. Your Lakers just picked up, guess what, a win. How about that? A win on the road against Oklahoma City Thunder. Joining me is Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, before the game started, you told me that if the Lakers lost this game, you were going to have to retire from post-game show duties. Happy to say that you will still be able to continue coming on this show. Thank you for the uh, invite and for having me on, Trevor. That was not a joke. I was being very serious. Um, if the Lakers lost tonight, I don't know if I'd be able to sit through these shows again. But lo and behold, <laughs> they come up with a much-needed win. Thank God. Uh, I guess the, the night really got off to a surprise. No Anthony Davis. We found out just yeah. prior to game time. In fact, we found out uh, that he was even questionable in Frank Vogel's media availability tonight. And then a short time later, it was revealed that AD was a no-go, woke up with knee soreness. So that's certainly not ideal. Dwight Howard started in his place. The Lakers continued with a smaller starting lineup. LeBron at power forward. Uh, you know, the Thunder for most of the game, or at least the first half, maybe the first three quarters, kind of had that energy like, yeah, we know if we just keep going here, we're going to catch up to the Lakers. They're going to give us an opportunity to get back into this game. And for the first time this season against the Thunder, the Lakers did not blow a big lead. They wind Jesus. up winning this one 116 to 95. That was great to see. The Lakers just, you know, the first opening couple of minutes had me a little bit worried. They looked a little lackadaisical. And then it was like LeBron just said, nope. We're not winning tonight, guys. And then everybody else followed suit and followed along with his energy. And the Lakers got the job done because of that. Yeah, I think it's sad, though, that like one of those sentences you just said was uh, for the first time this season, the Lakers yes. didn't give up a big lead against the Thunder. <laughs> against the Thunder. Um, the Lakers oh. won by 21 points, uh, which is great. Obviously, LeBron was amazing. Uh, spoiler alert, he's probably the uh, the hands-down winner for the 360 award. Just yeah. going to put that out there. Um, but I tweeted this out, you know, early in the first quarter. I, I said that, you know, LeBron's looked a lot better physically the past couple games tonight and yesterday against Memphis, which is a welcome development. He has dealt with some nagging injuries. Obviously, the suspension has thrown off his rhythm a little bit. So to see him with some extra pep in his step, some bounce, that's really great for the Lakers and obviously for the team going forward. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I was kind of nervous too because even though the Lakers got out to a pretty fast start, they ended the first quarter uh, up 32-18. I thought, eh, you know, it's a little misleading because the Thunder had a lot of good looks. They yes, went they zero did. from 11 from from three point uh, from the three point line, Trevor. So I was like, it's only a matter of time before some of these start to go down and we got ourselves a game. But um, they were pretty frigid for most of the night, um, and the Lakers kept. You know, they they were shot extremely well from the field uh, today. They were a solid 47 percent, uh, 19 of 42 from from beyond the arc, Trevor. That's going to get it done almost every Absolutely. night. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, the Thunder were 10 of 44. So not a great shooting night for them. But like I said, the quality of looks was concerning, but the Lakers were able to stay well in front. The game there was a scary moment in the third quarter where we thought, here we go again. Uh, but the Lakers were able to rally, pick themselves back up, uh, go back scoring the basketball and looking out on some looks. So we will take wins how we get them here, Trevor. Yeah, the Thunder cut the lead to 12 at one point, and that was a little bit concerning. But then the Lakers did push back and managed to, to balloon the lead back up as the third quarter came to a close. 
Uh, you mentioned the three-point shooting. Yeah, I, that was my concern, too. In the first quarter, I was thinking, you know what? The Lakers, I believe it was at the close of the first, they were shooting 75% from three. And the Thunder yep. were missing a lot of them. I don't remember what their percentage was at that point. But they'd missed a ton of threes. And it wasn't just they were missing like contestant threes. It's not like the Lakers no. were playing great defense and they were just firing up these heaves under duress or anything. The Thunder were getting wide open threes. So in my mind, I thought, uh-oh. What's going to happen is we're going to get to the second quarter. The Lakers, their defense is going to continue to not be sharp. And some of these shots by the Thunder are going to start to drop. And then next thing you know, the home crowd is going to be into it. The Thunder are going to have it in their head. Here we go again. We're coming back. The Lakers are going to have it in their head. Oh, no, it's happening again. And then we're going to be in for a game. Fortunately, that is not the way this went down. The Thunder, number one, stayed cold. But I also thought the Lakers defense did get better as well. Yeah, I thought so, too. There were definitely better stretches in the second and third quarter, I thought, where the Lakers defense picked it up a little bit. And obviously, the fourth quarter is kind of a wash because the game was out of hand at that point. But there were definitely some encouraging moments from the Laker D, particularly yep. the um, the stretches where LeBron was playing center again. I thought those were really good minutes for the Lakers. Um, not to sound like a Debbie Downer, though, but... Um, if we gave those same looks to a better or more competent basketball team, I'm pretty sure that the Lakers have a dogfight on their hands. So sure. while I will appreciate the 21-point win, I would just like to caution that a lot of those looks that they gave up were, are not going to be... They're not going to be so fortunate on those kinds of possessions against better teams going forward. But again, uh, baby steps for the Lakers here. We talk about this a lot. Um, it always kind of feels like one step forward and two steps back for this team. And so I am just going to preach some uh, some cautious optimism Matt, the cautious optimist. Matt, the cautious optimist. Yeah, this was, um, like I said, not a perfect game for the Lakers, but it was a win and a much needed one. A much needed yeah. win. They had to come out here and get the win in this one and ideally do it in a dominant fashion. Yes, they were aided by OKC missing some open looks, but I also thought the Lakers brought it. They were sharp enough, particularly on the offensive end, that it didn't matter quite as much. I think they were going to win this game even if OKC was hitting some of their threes, but you're right. If you give those looks to some of the better teams in the NBA, you could find yourself in a little bit of trouble. Uh, no Anthony Davis. Matt, what do you say to the people right now who are saying the Lakers are better without Anthony Davis? Because that is that is, that sentiment is floating around out there. I will tell you that you just do not like Anthony Davis or basketball or the Lakers. <laughs> um, look, it's... I, I understand the frustrations with AD this year, and it's been wild to me because I feel like it's so quick to turn on AD. One night he has a really good, like, dominant two-way performance. The other day he looks soft or he doesn't look quite right, uh, like Memphis yesterday. And, and, it's and you know, you get that kind of reaction. Like, no, the Lakers are better without AD because he's not playing like AD. But he's having a very, if anything, he's been the most consistent out of the three stars. Um, yeah. LeBron's obviously been in and out of the lineup with injuries and other things. Russell Westbrook, we all know, is a, is a roller coaster almost seemingly every night. Even though he's had a really good past two weeks, uh, we still get bad Westbrook. I mean, tonight was not the greatest Westbrook game. He was pretty quiet tonight. Uh, I mean, granted, he didn't have to do too much because the Lakers were up basically the entire night. But still, uh, so I've actually think AD has been the most consistent one. It's just that it's mo he's the most glaring one when. Um, you, you can just tell when he's not really into the game or he's not playing with that, you know, force that we know he can play with. Um, and it doesn't help their case that the Lakers blew out the Thunder without him tonight. Obviously, that's going to feel the crowd that thinks the Lakers are better without Anthony Davis. But that's not a serious comment to me. There's just no way that the Lakers hit their ceiling without AD. Like, no. There's just not. Uh, so to what I to what I say to those people, um, you guys are just being haters. Uh, please, like realize that 
I get that it's frustrating to watch AD some nights, especially this season, but he is still by far and away their best two-way player, and the Lakers are going to need him if they want to win games. Well, that, it's kind of become, that's just a, a snapshot of what sports fandom has become to some degree, and some of this is because of, I mean, you, a lot of people know, I am not a fan of like the hot take shows or anything like that. I, I'm Same. Not a, not a, I don't appreciate that kind of analysis. And, some, and you know, for some people, they love it, and it's their cup of tea, and that's fine. But I think it's also creating an environment where people are, they're picking a side on a player and then they're waiting for the moment that their side looks correct so they can take a victory lap. So right now, anybody that's been criticizing Anthony Davis is running around screaming, see, the Lakers are better without him. He's terrible. He's awful. I'm saying, you know, all of these sorts of things. And it's taken away from kind of real actual analysis because you're just waiting for the one moment because we're living moment to moment rather than looking big picture. And so that's that's the way I see that kind of, of a take that, hey, the Lakers are better without Anthony Davis. It's not serious. And if it is, then you're missing the big picture. If you're seriously thinking the Lakers are better without him, you're not looking at the big picture for the team. You're just looking at one moment, one night. The Lakers look good. They played well. They got by without him. But to say that they're better without him in the big picture long term, there's there's no chance. Uh, AD is averaging 24, 10 and three this season. Just, yeah. you know. It, it feels kind of ho-hum because he's had some bad games, but I mean, like I said, he, I think he's been the most consistent star out of the three, um, and there's just no way that you actually think the Lakers are better without their second best player. Like, you can't say that about any team where you would think, oh, if they don't have this player, they're still better. Like, there's there's no team in the NBA that exists like that. So, uh, to say that AD uh, or the Lakers are better without AD is ludicrous, and I'm just not going to pay any mind to that stuff um the jammy from youtube with a super chat said lebron is the antidote to russ's mistakes when russ starts passing to invisible teammates lebron can slow the game down and get things in order uh yeah i mean look this was not a good russell westbrook game but it didn't need to be it wasn't like an explosive westbrook game but again it did not need to be that need wasn't there for westbrook uh he did have five turnovers a couple of them were ugly he had two back to back where he threw the ball out of bounds that was not great but uh but again if you're looking at LeBron to be the antidote or whatever, I would counter that by saying there are moments where Russ can be the antidote for LeBron, where Russ can get things going and allow LeBron a little bit of time to breathe. That was the idea of bringing them together. So I wouldn't say that that LeBron fixes everything that's wrong with Russell Westbrook or something, or that LeBron has to bear the burden of all of Russell Westbrook's mistakes. But I do think that playing style-wise, maybe they can indeed complement each other in some ways. Uh, it's still not a perfect fit. But LeBron and Westbrook together, I do think, can work out in the long run. It's it's going to take time, though. Uh, I think if this was a closer game. You would have seen Russ push down on the gas pedal a bit more. In this one, though, they didn't need him to score 20-some-odd points because LeBron went nuts and Avery Bradley was uh, was great as well. Yeah, that's that was exactly my point. I, I think that tonight's game is not very indicative of of Westbrook and, and LeBron masking his mistakes or covering for Westbrook. They didn't really need him, to be honest. Uh, like I said, it was kind of a quiet night from Russ. I mean, other than a couple plays here and there. Uh, it, it, you can, it's really easy to miss Russ on, in tonight's game if you rewatch it. So um, as far as LeBron masking his mistakes or whatever, um, I feel like you can extend that statement to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, LeBron covers everything. Yeah. Uh, I've called him the makeup on the girl. And, you know, the Lakers are a real ugly girl when LeBron's not available. Um, happens every year. Every time he sits, it's rough to watch the Lakers. But uh, lo and behold, when LeBron James is playing, the Lakers are an infinitely better team and they have wins like tonight. Um, and it was nice to see another role player step up, in this case, Avery Bradley. 
<laughs> Somebody said, I'm laughing, this comment came in, in all, ca in all caps so we know they're serious. Bruce Barnes says, Trevor, mark the calendar, 640 left in the fourth. THT, the first left-handed layup of his career. See, I tell people this all the time, and no one believes me, but the left hand <laughs> is a thing with THT. That can't it's be always right-handed. That can't literally be his first left-handed layup of his career, right? No, I it's can't not. Think, I can't it. think of any, but I know it's happened. No, I've tweeted it in all caps before also okay. because I've also been excited that he uses the hand that he never uses. Like, why do you think his finishes are so crafty? It's because he never uses the left hand. Because he has to, like, contort because he's only using his right hand. Um, yeah, I'm serious. Let's get into some of the stats. So LeBron James, 33 points, 6 assists, 5 boards, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 13 to 20 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. He was fantastic. Uh, Energy-wise yep. as well, he picked everybody else up, make sure. LeBron had that mindset of, we're not losing and I'm going to make sure of it. And it definitely worked. Uh, Avery Bradley, 22 points, 8 of 14 shooting, 6 of 8 from 3. Great performance from him, 4 steals. All the people crowing about getting Avery Bradley out of the starting lineup. Eh, not going to happen anytime soon. There's no chance after this performance, especially Frank Vogel was just commenting after the game, complimenting Avery Bradley on his defense on Shea Gilders Alexander. Avery yep. Bradley is sticking in the starting lineup, no question. But I'll tell you what, Matt, Avery Bradley was great tonight. In fact, last night, and it was a loss, and so we think negatively on that, that night, a bad yep. loss at that, but Avery Bradley shot well in that one as well. So the Lakers, you, the lineup came out, LeBron, Dwight, Russell Westbrook, THT, Avery Bradley, and Lakers fans were not happy. Yeah, You say there's no floor spacing there. Well, if Avery Bradley keeps shooting like this, that's some floor spacing. Now, I don't expect that to happen, but that does solve a lot of things if Avery Bradley becomes a more consistent three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, but that's kind but of the it's thing, not. Though, right? It's, it's a big if. It's a big uh, if. Yeah, I would still prefer that the Lakers start someone like Reeves or even Monk in that spot. I mean, personally, my my personal preference is Wayne Ellington because that guy got one of the smoothest, if not the smoothest jumper in the league. Um, I love watching him shoot. It's so fun. Um, but I think having a legitimate floor spacer and threat every single night in the starting lineup would do wonders, especially in those small ball lineups with, with Davis at center. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. um, but look, if Avery Brown is going to continue to shoot like this, then yeah, it's going to be hard for Vogel to take him out of the starting lineup. But it almost feels a little bit like fool's gold because we've seen this before where where avery has a couple nights in a row where he shoots well and then he comes crashing back down to earth um it's kind of the law of averages here yeah. but i mean he's shooting pretty well overall from the field from beyond the arc i don't have the number right in front of me but i think it's actually pretty good um so yeah i mean if he's gonna look like this um like tonight and like yesterday against the grizzlies by all means keep starting it but i'm just again a little skeptical that this is going to continue for the rest of the year so Avery Bradley on the season, uh, I don't know if this includes tonight's game, but he's shooting 37% from three, which is as good of right now. Yes, that, that's yeah. fine. That's slightly above league average. You will take that. Uh, it's, it, he needs to get the attempts up and everything in order to really be a threat. And he has to do this consistently right now. We've talked about this um, three point shooting. It's not just what your percentage is. It's are you mm -hmm. perceived as a threat or not? That's what matters in terms of spacing. When you get the ball behind the arc, do other teams go, oh, no, I need to guard this guy? Or do teams ignore you and leave you alone? Rajon Rondo is a great example. Shot fairly well from three for certain stretches of his Lakers tenure, but teams continue to leave him out there, and you didn't get that spacing benefit of him having a higher three-point percentage than you would expect because teams didn't believe it. Teams thought that that would eventually fall off. That's where Avery Bradley is right now. Teams aren't necessarily worried about him behind the arc, but if he continues at, say, 37 plus percent for the next month or so, 
their scouting reports are going to change and you're going to see a little bit more spacing. Now, Taylor Horton Tucker has to start hitting as well in order to get any kind of real spacing. But again, it goes a long way towards making Avery Bradley more playable on the offensive end of the floor if he can shoot league average even from the three-point line. So that's actually a really great point, and I'm looking at it right now, is that if the starting lineup of THT, Bradley, LeBron, Dwight, and Russell Westbrook are going to collectively shoot um, 12 of 17 from beyond the arc, then you can absolutely keep running it. Um, those quality of looks are never going to go away, no matter who the Lakers are playing, because teams are happily going to let people like Bradley and THT shoot, even LeBron to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. They're going to let them launch. So if the Lakers can continually make teams pay for that, then great. But... I think we're coming from a place of understanding that this is not going to be the case every single night. Uh, we've seen nights already where Vogel will trot out a lineup with zero spacing in it and they struggle predictably. So it's great that it came against the Thunder and that they were able to get away with it tonight. But like I'm saying, I would again caution if it's a better team because I don't think this kind of lineup is going to survive that many minutes going forward. Yeah. Agreed. Um, another guy we need to talk about, if <laughs> we have to, Austin Reeves. Yes, My sir. HBK. You know what? This is tonight's very easy in terms of the awards. The 360 award, it's LeBron. There's no, there's no debate. There's no debate on it. The next man up award, it's Avery Bradley. There's no debate at all. Those two were clearly the best of their respective groups. However, Austin Reeves, 13 points, five boards, two assists, 28 minutes, four for seven shooting, one of three from three. A team, almost team high. Well, I guess he was third on the team because Westbrook was a plus 18, but plus 17, plus 17 on the night for a, for uh, Justin Reeves, HBK mm-hmm. came to play. Why was he out of the rotation? This guy just makes winning plays on both ends of the floor. Teammates trust him. He's good. He needs to be part of the rotation moving forward. I've been yelling this the whole year. (laughs) I've been calling for Austin Reeves to start. Um, So as far as, you know, why he might not have been in the rotation recently, maybe they're just kind of being a little cautious as far as the hamstring goes because those things are really easy to aggravate. Obviously, though, tonight, he played the most minutes outside of LeBron and Russ. He played 28 minutes off the bench. Uh, Deservedly so, because I thought every time Austin was on the floor, the Lakers did something well or they looked better. Uh, defensively, again, I know, again, big caveat. It's against the Thunder. I know they've beat the, the Lakers twice, but overall, this is not a good team. Um, but, you know, again, when Reeves was on the floor, I thought that he had an impact both defensively and offensively. Straight dropped the dude in the fourth quarter. That was awesome. Yeah. Blowing by guys. Um, his pass to LeBron in the first quarter, or in the first half, I think, was sweet. Um, you could just tell Austin's got a lot of good basketball IQ. He, He's comfortable on the floor for a rookie even. Kind of reminds me of a veteran player, the way he moves the ball, rotates, uh, respaces the floor a little bit. Like There's just a lot of little things that Austin does really well that I really appreciate about his game. And so um, he needs to be in the rotation, you know, flat out. There's like literally zero excuses at this point. If Frank Vogel came out and said, we're going to start Austin, that'd be even better because I think that would also help with the starting lineup issues that we've been seeing so far. Would, Would you start him over THT? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And it's not because I'm down on THT. I just don't think we're maximizing him quite as well in that starting lineup. Like, you're taking the ball away from him, one, two. He's not quite the outside shooter we want him to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, defensively, I think he's perked up a little bit. Um, But I will trade that in for what Austin does as an off-ball threat, as a secondary ball handler who doesn't need the ball to be as effective, and someone defensively that, you know, at this point, I think you can argue is at THT's level, if not even a little better. 
So yeah, I would 100% start Austin in that role over THT. But it's because I think that would be maximizing both players, not because I'm down on either one of them. Yeah, and I, I do think that's right. I think that's correct. I think that THT is a bit more dynamic when he's not on the floor with LeBron because you've got a little bit of skill set duplication there. Whereas Reeves mm -hmm. just comes in, just plays that role. I think he's a little bit more of a threat from behind the arc. Uh, even though on the season he's only shooting like 30% from three, I think he can make stuff happen there. And defensively, I really like the way that he plays the game on that side. He does a really nice job rotating, sliding his feet, staying in front of his man, doing what he needs to do there in order to make plays. And then on the offensive end, you can count on him to put himself in the right spot. So uh, he's been great, and I would not be against that either. T uh, Austin Reeves actually sliding into the starting lineup. By the way, guys, some people are are mentioning on here that we've got uh, a little bit of a lag issue. There's a huge storm in my area, and I know there's some power outages nearby, so I wonder if that might be affecting things. So just bear with us from what everybody's been saying. The, um, the audio is still just fine. So if we happen to be frozen, you can still hear us. So chill if there's lag. Again, there's not much I can do about it when you've got uh, big storms coming through. It's that good thing that we have a podcast version, Trevor. Exactly. Exactly. Sports betting is a lot of fun, but it can also be a little bit overwhelming. At least that was my experience. I struggled getting into it at first. It just felt like there was so much out there, but BetQL Daily helped me out a lot. You can understand where the market is moving, which smart bets are out there, and have some fun listening while you're at it. BetQL Daily is sponsored by FanDuel, and it's the must-listen show for sports bettors and sports fans alike. What I love about this show is the entertainment factor. It's not just informative, but it also is just a lot of fun to listen to. The hosts go back and forth. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth do a great time serving up wagertainment the sports talk you love with the betting insights you need each weekday. You can find out where the market is moving across all of the week's biggest sporting events. And if you miss out on earlier games, BetQL Daily has you covered there too. They give you recaps from some of the biggest recent moments in sports. So they really have you covered across a number of bases. If you're not sure where to start with sports betting, start with BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel. Listen weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Oh, here you go. You've got a comment here. Mark uh, Capuno said, Matt Peralta is better than Frank Vogel. Greater than sign Frank Vogel. Oh, thank you. Uh, oh. Frank makes millions, though, so I think he's a little better at that job than I am. But if the Lakers want to pay me that much to tell them how to... Uh, tell them what lineups to put out there, by all means. I'm open. Lakers, if you're listening to the Lakers Nation podcast, uh, call your boy. I'm open. <laughs> um, I've got a comment here from ZSPN. said, hey, Trevor, do you believe Avery Bradley will remain with the Lakers since his contract is still non-guaranteed? So the guarantee <laughs> date on that is early January. I want to say that's correct. January 4th is the date that's popping up in my head. It's early January. I, do, like I don't remember. It, it's somewhere around there. Uh, so early January. So they don't have to make that decision right this second. But I would have to imagine Avery Bradley probably doesn't go anywhere based on what we just saw and the fact that Vogel continues to start him. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't expect him to get waived. We did kind of peg him as a contract that might get waived if the Lakers decide that, you know, hey, we want to open up a spot for in March when the buyout market really heats up. But mm -hmm. if you're going to go drop 22 points in a game like this and play pretty good perimeter defense as well, you're probably not going anywhere. It's uh, January 7th, for the record, uh, is oh, his guaranteed date. Okay. Yeah, so, no, I, I think that uh, at this point, like, that's kind of why I was saying, like, these kinds of uh, games from Bradley are bittersweet, because obviously you want the Lakers to win, you want contributors, no matter where you can get them, but 
I still kind of think once the Lakers are healthy, uh, and by healthy, I mean Trevor Ariza and Kendrick Nunn coming back. Um, I feel like, you know, one of these guards is going to be out of the rotation. I think we just talked about Reeves a lot. I don't think yeah. he can be out no matter what happens. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, I think, is going to have a role, assuming he's healthy because the Lakers paid him to be a role player. And then, obviously, there's been a lot of talk this past week about Trevor Ariza being their primary wing defender. So he has a role. Yep. Um, I guess at that point, would you have Avery Bradley spot for? Um, I'm not sure. I still think the Lakers could definitely use a 4-5 guy or a uh, another wing wherever you can get him. Even if it's going to be a, a, a breaking case of emergency wing, I think that would be more useful down the stretch. Um, but yeah, it's it's nights like tonight that make it, and even yesterday night, that make it hard to justify cutting Bradley, if, especially if he's going to play up until his contract date uh, comes up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I personally think that roster spot could be better used. But if he's going to continue to play close to this level on a consistent basis, then I mean, I guess you keep him. It, it's really no harm, no foul for the most part. Yeah. And, and we don't know who's going to be available on the buyout market. It could be that there's nobody that they're that interested in. I do right. still think that, like you, they need another wing. They could use another uh, guy with a little bit of size that can defend some of the better perimeter players in the NBA. And Avery Bradley can defend guards, but they've got a few guys who can do that. But again, that said, you're not going to cut a guy who's become a starter. Now, and look, there's been plenty of arguments that Avery Bradley shouldn't be starting. I've seen that in recent yep. weeks. I would argue, though, like you, it's more THT that probably shouldn't be starting. Even though his upside is higher, I would continue to start Bradley over starting him. And I hate saying yeah. that, but I, I just think that's the best case scenario right now. I mean, if, if Trevor Ariza comes back fully healthy, wouldn't you just want both of them out of the starting lineup? Yeah. Regardless? What, Bradley and THT? Yeah, wouldn't you just rather start Reeves and uh, Ariza next to AD, or the big three, basically? If if Ariza comes back and he's starting, I don't think... I think Avery Bradley will start with that group. I don't think... You still I, think I, don't, so? I don't think Vogel will take away Bradley's minutes to give them to Reeves. Mm, I feel like he still should, but that's, that's oh, you know... That, that, I agree. I agree. I think he yeah. should, but I don't think he will. Mark Capuno, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Hire me. I would I would start Reeves. <laughs> uh, John Sai from YouTube, the Super Chat, said, Hi from the Philippines. Is Matt Filipino? Hang in there. I get a- this question de- all the you time. Do. And so I, I'll <laughs> finally put it on there. But uh, hang in there with Anthony Davis. He'll be fine. I certainly agree. Uh, yeah, let me clear the air. Yes, I'm full Filipino, guys. Mabuhay. Shout out to all my Filipino fans out there. In my DMs every day, Trevor, is Matt Peralta Filipino? The most... <laughs> <laughs> the number one asked question I get all the nothing basketball related, nothing. No, just, you know, what am I? Uh, so, yes, guys, I'm Filipino. I'm on the show. Added some color to the live stream. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome. But yes, I think Anthony Davis is just fine. I've been preaching this from the mountaintops all year. Um, I know. I don't know if you've talked about this a little bit, Trevor, but I've seen this a lot on, on Lakers Twitter is that, you know, his build, his physique, how he how he, you know, basically oh, did added. He, did he put yeah. on too much muscle? Yeah, basically yeah. added too much muscle, too much mass, which is making him a little slower. Doesn't look quite as bouncy, which I actually do think there's some merit to that. Um, I've, if I, I don't necessarily recall this completely. If this is accurate, someone can fact check this. But I think Kobe kind of had the same issue back in the mid 2000s, where he also added a little bit too much muscle. And uh, I remember him kind of talking about it and saying, "Yeah, the added, the added mass or muscle made it harder for him to be as fluid on the court. Mm-hmm. So he ended up dropping some weight and and going to a leaner uh, frame." Um, I'm wondering if that's kind of the same thing with AD right now because obviously he he's spent 
a lot of his career basically as a small ball five already, but you know, not as quite bulked up, but he has the length and the athleticism to make up for it there. Um, I'm wondering, you know, again, if that's weighing him down, if that's making it harder, because he doesn't look like AD on certain possessions to me sometimes. Like he looks a step slow. And I don't know if that's because it's an effort thing, an energy thing, or if he just doesn't have the physical capability right now. Well, and that's that's why that's why we've had people complaining about Anthony Davis and people saying, oh, they're better without him and things like that. It's because we saw AD in the 2020 NBA finals and playoffs anyway, look fantastic, look like a league MVP. And now we've seen Anthony Davis this year not look the same. And last year, too. He's He hasn't gone back up to that level. And so people are, number one, saying, okay, is there something physically wrong with him? Or number two, it's mentally. It's up here. He's not getting the job done for whatever reason. And then you add in the fact that the Lakers have been losing this season. And it just all kind of combines into this, this sea of hate around Anthony Davis, which I don't think is really the way to look at this. He's still very, very good. He's still very important to the team and their ability to win. Is it frustrating sometimes? Yes. Do the optics sometimes look bad? Yes. Statistically, he's still put on numbers. But the big point is the Lakers don't go anywhere without Anthony Davis. You get to the playoffs and you don't have AD, you're in trouble. He's a major, major force. And we would love to see more consistency. Maybe it's the weight that he put on. Maybe it's it's something else. We don't know. But he's still really, really, really good. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Like, he's not the top tier Anthony Davis. He's a rung or two below that, which is still incredibly good. <laughs> and people are hating on him because he's not that top tier guy. It's uh, it's surprising, I guess, in a way, that we we see so much hate for AD when I don't think... Like, the Lakers' struggles this season are not all on Anthony Davis. No. No, no. And I, I, okay, so from a Lakers fan perspective, taking off the analyst cap for a second, I 100% understand the frustration when it comes to AD because every single year we tout it as Anthony Davis is a top five talent or a top Mm -hmm. five player in the NBA every year. Um, Last season, if you remember, before it all went downhill, we were talking about Anthony Davis as the potential MVP because we thought that's what he looked like in the bubble. Yeah, bubble, short in offseason, LeBron's going to be resting, Uh, Lakers are going to be good, but they're going to need someone to carry them while LeBron kind of load manages his way through the season. So it was really easy to peg AD as taking that next step as an MVP level player and not just a top five talent. But I think that player is still there. I don't know what it is, but... He kind of like what I said, the biggest gripe I personally have with AD is that he kind of seems to drift in and out of games a lot, doesn't seem to be fully engaged. Because one night, he will completely destroy a team single-handedly. He has that potential, that upside, and that ceiling to do that. It's just that there are a lot of games in between where he kind of coasts, or he's effective, but not like, you know, doesn't really make his present felt, or doesn't assert himself as much as we would like to. Um, Because the great ones in the league, in in NBA history, they're good every single night. Uh, no matter what, even their down games are still great games. But I feel like Anthony Davis, his bad games are pretty glaring, and then his great games are, you know, otherworldly. Um, so you know, the discourse with AD I think gets a little too out of hand. And obviously, the answer for these kinds of things always kind of lie right in the middle. Um, does he have the potential and upside to be a top five guy every mm-hmm. single year? Absolutely. Uh, but what's his floor? It's like top 10, top 15. That's still a very, very good player. It's just that now you're weighing the reality versus the perceived expectation of what you can get with AD. And that's where the disappointment comes from. But I will tell you right now, 29 other NBA teams would love to have Anthony Davis on their roster. Uh, oh, the absolutely. Lakers have, yeah, the Lakers have them. So we should be grateful. Um, 
Lakers fans are spoiled. Uh, <laughs> hashtag, no. you know, yeah, hashtag no duh. Uh, well, Trevor, I sent that chat or yeah. I sent that screenshot. I, and and I've seen that a bunch this season. Go guys, ahead, tell him, tell him what you sent. Guys, please hear me out. <laughs> you lose all credibility with me if you say the Lakers have only won one championship in the past three years and they've done nothing since. There are 29 other teams that would kill to be in the Lakers position right now. Like you have the is it the Sacramento Kings that are on a 15 year playoff drought? You don't think that they would kill for one title in four years? I think they would. Um, trust me, we we are not a suffering franchise uh, or a fan base. We are incredibly spoiled. We are in a good spot relative to a lot of other teams and fans right now. So please, just keep this in mind that yes, we want the title every single year because that's the expectation being a Lakers fan, but. You're going to just set yourself up to be sad every single year. It doesn't happen. So it's good to enjoy the process and the ride and to keep things in perspective when you talk about the Lakers. Because, again, one title in three years is pretty damn good in my book. I can understand the crankiness based on the way this season has gone. Um, sure. I, I was not happy last night either. I was. It was not a good night last night. I was not pleased. No. I was playing against Dalvin Cook in fantasy football. So that kind of compounded things for me. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Ugly, hated it. But in any event, you've got you've got this Lakers team where every time this season, every time we've thought, okay, it's finally clicked, they got it. They understand the level they have to play at in order to find success, right? Every time you let your guard down and you think, here we go, that's when, boom, sucker punch. They hit you with just a no-effort performance like we saw last night against the Memphis Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies played at this high energy level, and the Lakers just went, "Yeah, no thanks. We don't. We're not going to match that. No, thank you. We're not. We're not interested." And those kind of performances are the ones that just you get up here, and then you come crashing way back down, and then you see a decent performance, and you try to get your hopes up again, and you get smacked back down. It's that yo-yo effect that has fans, I think, a little bit on edge right now, Lakers fans. And so I understand why people are you know, complaining about some things that maybe they shouldn't complain about. But yes, big picture. If you're complaining about the fact that the Lakers won a title 14 months ago and that's all they've done. Oh God, come on, it's, it's, a, it's a little ridiculous. Ago. Trevor, I, I can I just say this real quick to you? Um, yeah. <laughs> before the game tonight, and I was going to ask that I was going to ask our group chat this to you. I didn't get a chance to, but I tweeted this out today. I was like, uh, how confident are you that the Lakers are going to win tonight? Uh, the immediate response was not confident. Uh, they're going to lose. Just give me the L already. Uh, the best response I got was 50, 50. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't know what to think anymore with this team. And you're right. I think a lot of the frustrations, and I said this yesterday, uh, I got a lot of feedback on this tweet. Um, the biggest gripe I have with the Lakers this season is I just never know what version of them I'm going to get. Yep. N no rhyme or reason to it. Is it a good team? Oh, maybe they'll get up and, and you know, they'll play to the level of their competition. Or, you know, the reverse, where it's a bad team and they still play down to the level of their competition. You just, you never know. Um, I see a lot of Forrest Gump comments where it's like, it's like a box of chocolates. I'm like, no, these are bad chocolates. Like, I, <laughs> these are giving me stomach aches, if anything, because, like, I just never know what team I'm going to get on any given night. So if you tell me the Lakers rip off like a five, six game winning streak right now, I would believe you. And if you told me the inverse where they lose five to six the, row they, after they tonight. They lose Sunday to Orlando. Like I would say, yeah, yeah that, that could sense. definitely happen. It's one step forward, two steps back. Like I said earlier, like 
21 point win great like awesome but you can't hold on to this you have to keep playing each and every game kind of like the kind of like uh football like in the nfl every week is its own little beast um i feel like for the lakers every game is its own thing too now like yeah. you can't really look at this team in stretches anymore like you can't look ahead of the schedule and go okay yeah these next three four five games whatever you really have to take it a game by game basis with this lakers team in particular um Otherwise, you're gonna go. You're gonna drive yourself nuts, and you're gonna set yourself up to be disappointed. Because we thought this was gonna be the start of like a little winning streak here with, yeah. you know, Boston, and then we saw, oh, Memphis is down. You know, a lot of a lot of starters and rotation guys, and then they get OKC. So like that's at least three games, and then they get Orlando at home on Sunday. That could be four games, and then you talk. You start talking yourself into Dallas, and it's like, okay, now we got a five game winning streak. But guess what? That got snapped yesterday. So now you're back to square one yep and they've got i think two or three more winnable games you've got orlando i know the mavs are in there somewhere what is a winnable game trevor well i mean that's that i mean games that aren't against the top tier teams and then you get chicago okay. although they've got a bunch of guys in health and safety protocols so who knows what that's going to look like and then phoenix right so that's going to be a quick jump up in terms of competition uh yeah. part the side from youtube the super chat says THT always gives up and ones at the rim. Is that coaching or because he's always guarding bigger wings? Also, I ran into Matt a couple of weeks ago. Oh, oh wait, wait. I do. I recall this encounter. Oh, there this you go. This was awesome. You, yes, you meet so many people. You've got so many fans, Matt. No. Do you remember this one encounter? <laughs> no, I do. Because I don't get recognized that often, Trevor. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, no, uh, this was a particular one. I was out just, you know, hanging with a friend. I was actually on my way out. Um, and someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and I said, oh God, am I in trouble? Cause like I was on my way out. I don't know if I like did something. And he's like, Hey, are you a uh, Matt? And I said, yeah, what's up? And he said, oh, I watched the Lakers nation videos. And I was like, oh, sick. Thanks, man. Uh, appreciate the spray. It, it came after, um, I forgot what game they had played, but they had just come off a loss and I was not upset. I was really upset about it. And he was like, yeah, it's been a rough season. And I said, yep. Um, I was wearing my mask and everything. So I was even doubly surprised that he noticed me. And he's like, oh, it was the hair. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. He's like, I, I recognize you more when you were blonde. And I said, ah, this guy has been watching for a while. <laughs> so anyway, yes, that was awesome. It was nice to meet you. Um, super grateful for any of the support. Anytime someone comes up to me, the two times that it's happened and they say they watch the show, that's awesome. Um, but yes, that was great. <laughs> I, I got a text from Matt shortly after. Dude, someone, I did. someone just recognized me and I was wearing my mask. <laughs> You guys are awesome. That was cool. Um, please say hi if you happen to recognize me anytime you see me when I'm out and about. That's awesome. Same thing for the guys that pick up, actually. The guys I've been playing with recently have also said that they've recognized me, and I'm like, oh, this is uh, getting out of hand now. <laughs> Just that you're going to have to start hiring some bodyguards, things like that. Keep the paparazzi away. You're, you're oh, yeah, totally. Bright, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people on my Instagram. After you shouted me out, Trevor, since you follow me now, I've gotten a lot more followers. Oh, yeah. See, look at that. I started a, a trend. Follow Matt Peralta on Instagram. It's the thing to do. Yes. It's the thing to do. Uh, you get some great footage of Matt playing pickup basketball. Look pretty That's good. correct. Got a, got a I did, jumper. yeah. Looks pretty good. I've gotten a lot of people that said the Lakers should sign me because I can hit an open three. And there I'm like, go. yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, what about the other part of his question, though? Taylor Horton Tucker... Uh, fouling at the rim, giving up and once. Ah. I think that's a discipline thing where he's he's trying to make the play where he smacks the ball free yeah. and he's winding up catching the arm. That's just, he's got to be a bit more disciplined in terms of when he's trying to go for those steals. 
And if you are going to go for that and you're going to get contact, you've got to foul the crap out of the guy, right? Make sure that the shot doesn't go up. But he does uh, do that quite a bit. And that's something that I'm sure Frank Vogel has been in his ear about because that's something that irritates him. We know Frank Vogel wants the guys to play no foul defense as much as possible. And so that is 100% against what Frank Vogel teaches. Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think, you know, it's a little bit of both. I think that Frank Vogel definitely preaches verticality. But, you know, if you're a guard growing up and you don't play a lot of center, you don't defend at the rim too often, verticality is kind of a thing you have to learn on the fly a little bit. Uh, it's not your natural instinct because everyone wants to go for a block. <laughs> it's 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 the it's like one of the best highlights you can get. Um, but I think with THT, I think he tries to compensate a little bit too much with his length uh, and his wingspan. So then he thinks he can get away with contesting shots, but then he ends up fouling on the arm or that wrist or whatever. Uh, which results in those and ones that he's talking about. And so the other thing, too, is a valid point. I think because he's guarding bigger players that are a little stronger, they can bully him a little bit and get to the rim. Uh, THG is a pretty sturdy guy uh, for his age and for his position. But still, you know, guarding 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guys, you know, he's going to get inevitably... Uh, He's going to get his lunch taken from him a little bit sometimes. And so mm-hmm. I think that's going to result in and one. So like what I said, it, it's definitely a mix of the two. I think, you know, coaching wise, they definitely I'm sure they preach, you know, go up vertically, contest, make them finish over the top of the contest rather than through you. Um, and then there's just, you know, sometimes you just can't get away. If a guy gets all the way to the rim and he's already there, sometimes it just it just happens like that. And it happens to everyone. So it's not specific to THT. True. All right. We do need to get into the master lock of the night. So Mm. our good buddy, Chris, the masterpiece masters. I had some people asking earlier when he's going to be back on the show. He actually was just texting me about that, dude. I got to get back on the show. Remember his wrestling schedule has been super busy. He said, as we get closer to Christmas though, it starts to lighten up a bit. So he'll be back soon. Don't worry guys. But uh, he was texting me that he's got to get back on here. Uh, But we do take whatever was the most annoying thing from this game, whether it was somebody from the other team or someone from the Lakers or sometimes an abstract concept. And we put it in Chris's finishing hold, the master lock. So chat, I'm curious, what do you guys want to see in the master lock tonight? If you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, let us know what gets put in the master lock from this one. And Matt, while the chat is coming through with their answers, what would you put in the master lock tonight? Or who? Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, like this kind of was a whole hum game. It was. Uh, There's not, there's not, I can't really think of too many things. Um... I guess, I mean, if you had asked me before the game, I probably would have said Frank Vogel just for the starting lineup because I think, you know, again, it worked out great, but I preach process over results all mm-hmm. the time. So to me, this is bad process of starting basically a, not, a zero space lineup <laughs> that tonight. So, I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, it might be Vogel for the lineup choice tonight, but it worked out. So I, I don't know if that's valid anymore. Um I guess, what would I master lock? Um, I, I'm drawing blanks, Trevor. Do you have one? The only thing I can think of is going back, with seeing how well Austin Reeves fit with everything. Sure. That he was out of the rotation for a few. And I know he came back from injury, but it seemed like you know the Lakers could have really used what he brings. And so him being out of the rotation, to me, just it didn't make any sense. So I would, whoever made that decision, whether it was Frank Vogel, ultimately the decision rolls up on, on him, but whoever made the decision that, no, we just don't need to give Austin Reeves minutes right now, that decision needs to be master locked because it makes no sense to keep him off the floor. He fits in very, very well. He gives the Lakers the energy that they need. Uh, he's playing great basketball. So I think we need to see more of him. 
Uh, did you see LeBron's comment earlier? Uh, I forgot to bring it up, but he said something about, I think he got asked, you know, what was like the key or like how did they bounce back from last night's loss? And they said it's a good night's sleep. <laughs> and I got a good chuckle out of that. So I guess if I have to master lock anything, it's the lack of sleep for the Lakers because if they just need to sleep more, then please do that. Well, LeBron has the Calm app. You know, he's got, that's his app and everything. And and so like he sleep is a big deal for him. He's a big proponent of sleep. Uh, he's talked about it, the naps that he takes during the day and things like that. Yeah. I, I I should sleep more, you know, like it, it does make a difference. But so I don't think he's like joking there that that probably helped him and his game and everything. But how like you I don't know how they well, I mean, I guess if you got to if you didn't have to go to shoot around or something, but you travel all night. I mean, I guess the, That's flight, not good sleep, the, the flight from Memphis to OKC is not that long, but still your game finishes late. So you're probably arriving in Oklahoma City in the middle of the night, yep. and then you got to get up and play another game less than 24 hours later. That would be really tough to do. So somehow LeBron figured out a way. Maybe he brought like his hyperbaric chamber with him or something, <laughs> but he figured out a way to get a good night's sleep on the road. Yeah. So like what I'm saying, if if this if LeBron just needs to sleep more, and I'm so I guess I don't know going forward if I read between the lines a little bit, if he has a bad performance, I'm gonna blame it on lack of quality sleep. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. From now on, whenever LeBron has a, an off night, we're going to say he just needs to sleep more. That's it. Well, for the Lakers fans like me, though, we lose sleep over this team sometimes. No, so, you true. know, I'll sleep a lot better tonight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure. After yeah. getting a win. Got to like that. All right. Let's get into one or two more questions and comments, and then we will uh, call it an evening here. You know, I had a question that came in a bit ago, said what's your overall feel of this team right now? Like, how are you feeling at this moment about where the Lakers are at? Um, how do I feel about this team? What a great question. Um, I feel like if last night's game hadn't have happened, the I would answer would be, would be different. Yeah. Um, Cause it's a lot of recency bias. I, I'm still reeling from a loss yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I didn't make it on the show last night, Trevor. I was, I was too sad. Um, no, um, I have prior obligations. But anyway, how do I feel about the team? Um, it's so difficult because I still have zero idea like what this team is. And maybe that's just what it is. Maybe it's a down roller coaster for all 82 games. I have zero idea. Um, I guess my feel for the team is that while there have been positive signs or instances or stretches within games that are great, I'm still very skeptical that they'll put it all together at some point because like i've been saying a lot this season i think a lot of this is roster construction and personnel based this isn't you know something that from a head coaching standpoint um that i think you can fix quite yourself um i think you know i don't know what moves can be made obviously you know with next week with the december 15th uh date coming up a lot of the league's going to be available for trades yep. so I don't know how active the Lakers can realistically be given their financial constraints and their asset constraints. But um, if this is just the team, and I'm going to assume that this is basically the core of the team for the rest of the season, right? Um, I think this team has a lot of upside still. There's a lot of, um, again, like I said, things that they can work on and iron out. Uh, we've seen really good versions of this team already uh, for one or two games, and then we've seen really poor versions of them as well. Um, I don't think the poor versions of themselves are indicative of what they are, though. I think, again, the answer is more in the middle. So do I think they're on the level of like the Suns or even the Warriors? Probably not. Right. But I do think they're better than where they are now. So 
at the end of the season, Trevor, I feel like this team is going to be like a at best a three seed. We're probably looking closer to four to five. Um, but I feel like the Lakers have kind of turned themselves from a contender into a team that's really good that we don't want to play, but we're not necessarily too scared of. Um, that's kind of like where I feel like that the long term outlook for this roster is. But right now. I guess it's just it's too inconsistent for me to really get a feel for it, like a clean feel for it. I just think that every single night I can get the best team and I can get the worst team simultaneously. And you have no idea which one you're going to get on any on any night in particular. It doesn't no. matter the opponent. You just don't know which Lakers team is going to show up. And that's the, the frustrating part with this team. Uh, we do see that their ceiling is still fairly high, but yeah, you have to have everybody locked in for a full 48 minutes. And that's been a rarity. So I think the inconsistency, it's not even just the inconsistency game to game, it's the inconsistency within game. And oh, yeah, that's, that's been their defining character so far, has been yep. inconsistency, right? If you were to sum up their season in one word, it's inconsistent. That's what they've been as a team. Now, does that change as the season goes on? Well, it better because their schedule is going to get much harder. They've been playing some teams that have been fairly forgiving. They've been losing games against teams that are not very good. So if they don't start to find consistency, they're going to go on a three, a four game losing streak, maybe more at some point this season. So they've got to make sure that they do start to find consistency, both game to game and within game, if they're going to win. And it starts on the defensive end of the floor. That's where everything seems to matter the most for this team. If they get mm -hmm. stops, they are much, much better. So getting everybody bought in and figuring out exactly what the defensive rotation is going to be. That's priority number one. And perhaps Trevor Reza coming back, which I've had a few people asking about this. Uh, I'm guessing maybe next week we see him back. We'll see. We'll see how everything goes. But uh, getting Trevor Reza back, of course, can help with that. Kendrick Nunn, whenever he's healthy, won't be till next month at the earliest, uh, can help there as well. But if the Lakers can get their defense truly dialed in, that is where they're going to really start to find that consistency. Offense comes and goes. But defense is what can lead you game in and game out. I think um, one thought I have about this team, and, I, and I'm pretty confident in saying this, is that I think that the margin of error for this team is basically razor thin, if mm -hmm. not non-existent. Yeah. Um, so what I mean by that is that uh, I'm still operating under this belief that the Lakers could conceivably win a championship this season. Anytime you have LeBron James on your team, I think it's possible. Um, he dragged that 2018 Cavs team to a finals appearance like... If, if if he if he could do it then um, I'm I'm still you know pretty confident he could do it with this roster that on paper is a little better, um, but I will say the margin of error like I said is is almost non-existent and they need to do basically almost everything perfect for things to break just right. And um, we, we should mention too though that their roster has also been inconsistent. Like there's external oh, yeah. factors here that have created this. I mean the Lakers this came out yesterday, but the Lakers have had more starting lineups than any team in the NBA except for one. Yeah. Like, that's that's insane. And to me, you know, it's not even Frank Vogel tinkering with his lineups. It's I, I just have to play guys who are available. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the same record or the same story from last season when everyone was in and out because of injuries. Um, it's it's literally the same thing. It's just it's hit the Lakers again this year. And that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, like you said, inconsistency is it's bred from the lack of minutes and, and time with with the rotations and the lineups. And then it's also just I don't know if it's a mentality thing or a coaching thing, but it's it's a lot of stuff right now affecting the Lakers. And so um, if they want to be the team that they want to be that we think they could be. I guess the margin is a lot smaller than what we had originally anticipated because we just said throw three stars in them and competent role players and you're probably going to be a very good team by default. But 
the Encore product hasn't matched that hypothesis or theory quite yet, but I still think it'll stand, you know, closer to midseason. And I'll say this too. If we get to the halfway point of the season and we're still talking about the Lakers the same way we are today, I'm going to have major concerns then. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I got a super chat here. And Nigo de Peralta hey. said, hey, Matt, are you Filipino? We addressed that earlier. And are we related? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> it depends on what part you're from, but my parents are from the same town in uh, Zambala. So if you guys are too, we're probably cousins. It's not that big. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I got a lot of brethren watching the show, man. Yeah. See, I'm bringing in viewers. Trevor. There it is. There it is. Uh, yeah. Unoya Visuals said, since there isn't an obvious choice, I have Ellington getting the master lock for getting dunked on so hard. He, oh my he, god that Trey man dunk was disgusting he ellington is going to be in highlight reels for the rest of the season because of that dunk i feel Jeez. bad for him um but i mean he contested and he tried would you rather he try or make the business decision and get out of the way i have a better question for you would okay. you rather have been master locked by chris masters himself or get that poster oh get that poster get that yeah poster. would you rather I mean, be wayne ellington in that in that case yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause Chris, like, I mean, you've met Chris, like you get yeah. put in that master lock that there, there could be some permanent damage. I may never be the same again. That no, dunk, that's fair. I'm going to get knocked down. My pride's going to be bruised, but it, I'm going to be okay the next day. Right. Like I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll get through it physically. I'll be okay. <laughs> Who knows? Like, I don't know what kind of damage would be done if I got put in the master lock. Mm, that's fair. Uh, but oh, what, as far as your question goes, I, I mean, I personally would have made the business decision because I'm like, what, 5'8"? There's no way I'm contesting that. <laughs> uh, I've had guys in pickup that have gotten up and I'm like, nope. <laughs> no way. Not happening. No, 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 no. Nope. Avoid the highlight reel. Just let them have it and run the other way. You know, yep. that, that's my motto. Get it back on the other end. Yep, exactly. All right, guys. I think that we've uh, we've covered quite a bit tonight. Obviously, a nice you know Lakers win, a blowout win, a, a win where in the fourth these are rare. Where in the fourth quarter, <laughs> these we, are rare. We oh got to God. kick back, right? This wasn't well. How many games have we had that the Lakers have won of their fourteen wins? How many of them have been close in the fourth quarter where we're just sweating it? Where they or they went into overtime, right? Or double overtime, triple overtime, triple and, overtime. and we're just living and dying with every shot. And by the time you get through, you're exhausted. This was very much a relaxed kickback fourth quarter compared to what we've seen in the past. So the Lakers get the win. It's nice to come on here and talk a little Lakers basketball after a solid win, uh, a dominant win. Now, again, the Thunder are not a good team, but still, we've seen the Lakers lose to bad teams, including the Thunder twice. Yep. So it was good to see the Lakers come in there and get a win. Next up, Sunday, is the Orlando Magic. Another team that's not trying to win organizationally. They are rebuilding. But they've also got some players who can take it to you, particularly a guard named Cole Anthony, who's been doing a really nice job this season. So the Magic are going to be a team to, I mean, not worry about, but this is the kind of team that you can lose to if you don't show up. That you shouldn't lose to. You should beat them. If you play them 99 times, you should probably beat them 97 times? I'm sorry, if you play them 100 times, you should probably beat them 97 yeah, times. I was going to say, why'd you? <laughs> oh, I didn't go 99. I don't know. It's been a day. But in any event, I'm still mad at Dalvin Cook. Um, if, you, <laughs> if, if you're if you going to play this team, though, and not show up, you could find yeah. yourself in trouble. So again, we don't know which Lakers team is going to show up on any given night, but that's what's coming up on Sunday. Should be a win. Should. It should be. <laughs> but you never know. 
I'll be back on here upset because the Lakers lost. I'm already going to just... Hopefully that's not the case. I would like to be on these things a little happier. Uh, um, people asking, is Anthony Davis going to be there? We don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait question. and see how his knee's feeling. He tried to play in today's game, tested it out, was a no-go. Hopefully he's feeling better by Sunday. Yeah. Um, again, should be a game. Should be heavy, bold, italicized, underline. Should yep. be a game the Lakers win, but we'll see. Um, and yeah, I mean, ho- again, I-, I think that the Lakers have proven that every game is completely different from the other. And so while they have momentum theoretically heading into Sunday, we're just not too sure yet. So again, hopefully it's a win. Uh, it'd be nice for them to not be hovering at 500 for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, this is what I was going to say. Uh, to, po- to answer your question earlier, I think it's only the second game this season we haven't been able to sweat or that we didn't have to. Yeah. I think I, the I other one was correct. the blowout to the Kings. or The, the blowout against the Kings in Sacramento, True. I think. Yeah, right. Everything else has been a, a letdown in the fourth, and then they come back and rally. It's been an overtime win, or it's like this kind of back and forth until up until the final buzzer kind of thing. So I think it's only been two games. It's been a stressful season. That's for yeah. sure. All right, everybody. Make sure that you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. We have new Lakers content coming out there every single day. Don't forget to follow Matt Peralta, especially over on Instagram. There he is. You can catch footage of Matt actually playing basketball yeah. at Matthew Peralta. So make sure you follow him on Instagram. You guys can find me at Trevor Lane NBA. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.